We at Drunken Outsiders are a proper age to drink. We do not condone or approve of any underage drinking or any driving of sorts while under the influence. Please enjoy our episode. Grumble, <laughs> grumble. That's my stomach. Rada, 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 rada. I think about that way too often. <laughs> what? Rada, rada, rada. Where's he even from? Chowder. Oh, is it? <laughs> Jeez. Going hard in the old-timey yeah. cartoonomic stuff. Pretty cool. All right, well, welcome to Drunken Outsiders for another splendid episode. I am your host, not hostess, the host <laughs> with the most, again, I think I've said that already, Ryan, and beside me, I'm your other host, Devin. Sweet. Glad you're here. Yep. Glad you can make it. <laughs> all right. So, well, today I'm still plowing through all these leftover stuff that's keep piling up in the beer fridge. So I'm going through, I think I'm done with this Honey D stuff. This Monaco, Moscow Monaco. Mules. Monaco. Monaco. Is that what I said? You said Monaco. 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 <laughs> Monaco. You, you want to forgive me, okay? I'm a bit hungover. So I gotta get over it. This Monaco, oh my God. <laughs> and some of this other like the cider stuff I got, I gotta go through. So yeah, business as usual. I'm drinking uh, Kincaider's uh, Schnozberry sour. Schnozberry? Yeah, the Schnozberry tastes like Schnozberries. It's actually pretty good. I like it. Is it? Does it taste like grape? I don't really don't know how to put it. Tastes like schnozberries. Like, there's like stuff on the side of the can though. It's like dragon fruit or something? Yeah, I don't know what that is. I think that's a schnozberry. I mean, that's sh- a blueberry. Yeah. I mean, schnozberries aren't a real fruit. Oh. No? I don't know. Yeah, no, it's nowhere on the cup does it say what it's actually. What the actual flavors are? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. Must just be whatever that fruit is and a blueberry. Whatever the hell a snozberry is. A snozberry. Yeah, a snozberry. A snozberry. Sean Connery or something. Okay. I can't, I can't do a Gene Wilder, so. Can't do a Gene Wilder. I can't. You can't do a Gene Wilder. Can't you just talk normal? I feel like it. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't really have a special accent. I don't mm-hmm. believe. Nope. Schnozberry. These schnozberries taste like schnozberries. There you go. I've never actually seen the movie. What? Not the original. We're watching it after this. Okay. I just watched right. it not too long ago. <laughs> In a way, we go. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, you shake it up a little bit. We're going to shake it up just a tiny bit for all you folks. I'm not going to say who it is specifically. We're going to get to it. Cooper Damn it. 
What? Just tell me who it is. No. It's not something you're going to know about. No. It's, it's a... I'm not going to say vague. It's like out there. Like not most people are going to know this story. Mm. They're going to know it because it's the name of the episode. Yeah, but... You know what? Fuck off. Let me have my moment. <laughs> We're trying something new. <laughs> See, we could just number the episode. <laughs> episode numbered. I don't even know where we're at. <laughs> 74. No, we're not that When it's yet. not 74. <laughs> That'd be kind of fun. Episode 25. 25? Yeah. This one? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to start our little fanciful tell. We're going to tone down a little bit from last week's. Last week's. Um, carnage filled one. That wasn't last week. I don't know when that was, but. Anyway, we're going to tone back the carnage just a little bit, but still have a creepy little tale for you. So we're going to start off on a night, on the night, of October 17 in 1941. In Denver, Colorado. That would be me. What? What what did you think was going to happen in 1941? <laughs> I don't know. That's like right before World War II. Well, right before... We got into World War Two. Yeah. World War Two started in like thirty nine. Oh, we'll see. The more you know. Well, this story starts nineteen forty one in Denver, Colorado, when a man named Phil Peters. Well, when he, well, I'll describe him a little bit. So he was a seventy three year old man. Who was a retired retired railroad worker what <laughs> that was a hard word for you <laughs> I mean, it's very it, triple r's retired railroad he was worker. a retired railroad worker <laughs> and i'm not even drunk you retired railroad worker who also like taught lessons and did stuff at like this local guitar club Mm. Which I've never really heard of Guitar Club until this one. Nope. But he was a well-respected person in this little community in a part of Denver. And at this point, well, on this special night, he was supposed to eat with a neighbor. Because that's what he was doing in like the time prior to tonight. Because his wife broke her hip. Mm. She was spending time in the hospital. So he was there, and then he would come home at night. He would eat dinner with neighbors, every different neighbors, yeah, and then go home. But this night, he m- was missing from the dinner. Oh no! So the neighbor kind of got some of her friends together and decided to go check on him at his house. Yeah. And all the windows and all the doors were locked, and everything was dark. So they went around the house looking for a place to get in until they eventually found one. One person went in. Like, maybe he just, like, overslept or something. See if he's okay. You know, nothing bad until they hear a scream from inside the house. From one of the friends because they discovered a pool of blood in the kitchen. Oh, damn. So they called the police. When the police came, they found 
the pool of blood, which had a trail of said blood going to the bedroom where they found Phil's body. He was bludgeoned to death with one of those, like, every time I see it, it is like cast iron stoker. That's what they call it. It's like the fireplace, you know, kind of stoker things. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. He was bludgeoned to death with multiple fractures in his skull. I bet. Those things are fucking made. They're pretty hard. Yeah. They're hard too you got there. Yeah. Easy to kill somebody with. And the weird thing is every every door and every window was, you know, pretty much locked. Yeah. And it was they were a way that they were all locked from the inside. Ooh. You can't lock them from the outside. So there was no way for someone to get in and then leave without having to unlock these doors, which were locked. Except for the one window that they went in at. Yeah, but they like broke in through that. Oh, There's like a screen window kind of thing. So they just... <laughs> property damage. Just check on your friend. So, so he's still there. They didn't find anything. They searched the whole house. Nobody was there. Damn. So it was murder. Still under investigation, but his killer had not been found. So eventually, in the weeks after that, Miss Helen Peters, Phil's wife, came back from the hospital. Yay. Only to pretty much be found a widow. And living in her home, home, home alone. Yeah, damn. So where is she event? Well, she was living there for a while, obviously, in her own house. And then, on a day, she fell and broke her hip again. Oh, shit. Same hip or the other hip? I'm pretty sure it was the same one. Fuck. That would have to suck. Yeah, she needs to quit walking. <laughs> Helen, you said her name was? Helen. Helen. Anyway, she broke her hip again, but she didn't really want to go to the hospital, so she got a nurse. Oh, I thought you were going to say she just said, fuck it, and we'll live with a broken hip. Oh, that would be horrible. <laughs> I heard. That would heal wrong. Yeah. But you said she, she they were like, what, 76? He was like, he was 73. Oh. I never got her age, but I imagine she's around the same age as yeah. Phil was. So yeah, pretty old. She got a nurse. Hmm. She didn't. I don't even know what the word I was looking for. I'm moving on now. Um, <laughs> but from that point on, there was a certain weirdness about the house that her and the nurse and all the neighbors would encounter on nearly a daily basis, like ghostly stuff. Ooh. Lights turning on and off by themselves. Footsteps going on over the ceiling and all that. Creaks in the night. All that stuff. And phant- they would say there would be phantom faces in the windows. Damn. Certain days. And even on an instance, the nurse had claimed that she had seen an apparition on the stairs by the kitchen. Oh, shit. She heard a noise in the kitchen. She went to investigate in the dark. 
which is a stupid move. Yeah. Either way. But she went there in the dark, and on the stairs she saw a tall, ghostly, pale, thin man baring his teeth at her. And then when she screamed, he was gone. Like, you hear ghostly footsteps, and then he was gone. So she quit. Did they have an addict? Huh? Did the house have an An addict? Did they have an addict? Addict. Attic. (laughs) My God. (laughs) Did the house have an attic? We'll get to that. Oh, I fucking know this story now. (laughs) (laughs) Can't get shit past me. (laughs) Anyway, a, a fellow neighbor then decided to help Helen out with her broken hippery. And then she too would encounter all these strange stuff. She would see this apparition dude. Then she decided to quit when she would start seeing the man. And then basically Helen just left the house. Like she moved out to western Colorado with her son. So she's out happy more or less. I don't know. Your husband just died and you broke your hip again. You should probably just move out with your son, right? Yeah. Anyway, from that point onward, the house would remain uh, vacant. Oh, so you can say haunted. Hauntedly vacant. <laughs> and so more activity would be seen coming from this house from all the neighbors. Like all the lights coming on. And... Like, seeing somebody through the windows. Yeah. And all that stuff. Even to the point where one neighbor would, like, take a baseball bat and go over to the house and, like, knock on the door. Because she swears, like, somebody's in there, right? Obviously no one answered, but... Yeah. <laughs> you gotta yeah. start that plate. Ghosts are assholes. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you're here one second and gone the next. Never listen to me. Anyway, these people would, like, report these things to the police. And it became such a prominent thing that they would set two officers, like, across the street on a... Stakeout? Yeah, pretty much stakeout. And one day in July of 1942... So pretty much, we're in the war. <laughs> we're in the war. <laughs> Why are these cops watching the house? They should be out killing Japanese, Nazis, Nazis. I don't know. They could have been shipped out to the Pacific Theater. Yeah. Rather go to Europe. Yeah. Be terrified of all the way out in the open ocean. You know. Yeah. People trying to kill you. And then if they don't kill you, ocean will kill you. Yeah. That's scary stuff. Love the ocean, but scary fucking thing. Anyway, these two police were staked out in front of this house for like two days to see if anything would happen. I mean, and they never saw any. They saw the lights coming on and all that stuff, but they wouldn't see any evidence of people going in or out of the house at all. Yeah. So it's like, spooky. Yeah. But then eventually, 
one fateful day, they're watching the house, and they're watching a mailman go by, and then they see this face in the window staring at the mailman. Hmm. Like, you see that guy? It's like, yeah, he's watching the mailman too. Go tackle the mailman. Arrest him. <laughs> anyway, they got out to, like, go catch this guy in this house. He, like, ducks out of the window and all that, so they bust in. And they don't see anything until they hear one of the doors from the upstairs. Mm. So when they go up there, they just, as they get in there, they find a closet. And before could slip by, they catch these two dirty-ass long legs kicking violently. Violently. Jeez, can't say words. Mm. Trying to get into this crawl space mm. up above the closet. And so they grab the legs, knock them down, and there lies the man on the floor, the tall, pale ghost that everyone's been scared of. Huh. Who hasn't really had a name until this point. Nobody knew who was there. But it was a guy by the name of a Theodore Edward Conies. So to backtrack a little bit, Theodore Edward Conies was born... In November, on November 10th of 1882 in Illinois. And when his father died, though, him and his mother moved to Denver. Mm. So he's 60 at the time of this shit. Yeah. Damn. He's old. And pretty much all his life, Theodore had suffered from very poor health, you mm. know. He was scrawny his whole yeah. life. He had like lung and like all bad shit going on uh -huh. all the time. Yeah. So he, <laughs> his whole life doctors had told him not to expect to get past his 18th birthday. Jesus. Like that thought it was going to be that bad. But obviously he survived. Yeah. Wasn't good at much. He only had his mother. But when she died in 1911, it kind of like drifted as an adult. So he would work as a bookkeeper at one point in the Denver Brass Works. And then eventually go into advertising and sales. But when that didn't work out, he spent the most of his, the majority of his life really. Um, homeless. Mm. He was a drifter. Yeah. You know, riding trail cars. Trail cars? Train cars? Train cars. I swear, I can't talk with shit today. Trail cars everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, so pretty much living city to city, going state to state. And it was turning to a cold point in the year. Oh. So we're fast-forwarding to 1941. Okay. Now October was coming around. So he he went to a house on 3335 West Moncrief Place in Denver, Colorado, hmm. which was the home of an old acquaintance of his by the name of Phil Peters. Oh. Yeah, he met him at the Denver... I think it's the Denver Tar Club. 
I'm probably wrong on that one. Guitar? Guitar Club. Yep. Because Peter's, like, taught guitar lessons yeah. and stuff. And you knew him from there, but that was, like, pretty much 30 years ago. Damn. So it was a long shot, but he was going there to ask for some money. Yeah. So you mean get go somewhere. But when he got there, he noticed that nobody was home. Because obviously Helen was in the hospital. Phil was there too. So when he got there, he decided to go into the house and to steal some food and possibly some money. Mm. And he was exploring the house a little bit. And he found in this closet... There was a tiny little cubby hole kind of thing. Yeah. Like, not big and not really big enough for anybody to go through. Mm. Except for tall Mr. Theodore. Yeah. Who pretty much crawled his way in there. Never left. <laughs> he just stayed there. Even when Phil would come and go in the house, you know, he's living there. Theodore was living there too. In his crawl space attic. For five weeks. For about five weeks. Damn. He would become undiscovered. So to move on to the date of the killing. So on that October 17th. Um, Phil had event- had eventually. Yeah had eventually. Found Theodore. So he thought he left the house. You know to go to a hospital. But Phil was just taking a nap. Mm-hmm. So he came down from the cross space. To look through the fridge. And then Phil found him in the kitchen. Oh. And then Phil attacked him with his old man cane. Because he, he didn't recognize him, you know? Yeah. It's been like years and he's like tall and gaunt and all that crap. But obviously a fight ensued. And then in a split second decision, Theodore grabbed the fireplace stoker and beat yeah. Mr. Peters to death. Yeah, let's just say Phil didn't win. <laughs> no, I don't think he did, you know. <laughs> Where's that old man toughness? Yeah. Anyway, immediately after a killing, he cleaned up a little bit. Like, he cleaned the stoker with a cloth. Just left the cloth there all bloody and stuff and on the trail. But you gotta clean the thing, right? Yeah. I guess. Then he went back in his little cubby hole. Huh. Even with all this stuff going down, the police coming, investigating, Helen living there, obviously him coming down and being spotted a few times, but yeah. he was just living there in the space. This tiny little space. Dude, like, that's fucking terrifying. It's not even enough place where somebody could stand up. Yeah. Like it's small. So he would just live there and live there until July of that next year. Where police arrested him. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. And it's fucking gross too. So they arrested him, took him downtown. He confessed to the murder and his whole story. So the police sent a guy up to this cramped little attic space. Yeah. To check it out, they had to get their smallest officer to do it because no one else could fit through this cubby hole. Damn. So when he got up there, he 
pretty much found just this little nook, you know, little nest of sorts. This, like, barely any kind of bedding, ragged clothes and all that. Sh shred not shredded, but, like, mangled up magazines and crap. Just one little light on the ceiling. And then all along the sides would be these cans. <laughs> They're just cans of this guy's dookie and piss yeah. and stuff. Oh, God. Imagine that smell. Yeah, that house would stink. Cans of this crap, literally. And this guy not bathing for, what, more than half a year? Yeah. All in this tiny little space. So, obviously, the police officer threw up after that. <laughs> yeah. And then after recovering from throwing up, he said, quote, a man would have to be a spider to stand it long up there. So when the new newspapers came out with this story, Theodore Edward Coney's was pretty much dubbed the Denver Spider-Man, if you've ever heard that huh. kind of moniker before. No. Nope. Yeah. And that's how that came to be for that kind of story. The Denver Spider-Man, look it up on your own. It's not a big story, but it's fucking weird. Creepy, you know? Somebody yeah. living in her house and then obviously killing you. Yeah. That's a nightmare. So eventually, Theodore would die in the Colorado State Penitentiary hosp Prison Hospital on May 16th of 1967. Yeah. That was that. That's the murder of Phil Peters and how the Denver Spider-Man was born. Yeah. It was a nice little short story. I wanted a yeah. short little one to go with this point. You know, not exactly big on blood and gore, but it's like... Still terrifying. That's equally, one of my biggest fears. Yeah, equally creepy, you know. Maybe not equally, but... Yeah. Uh, quite a bit of creepiness to it. Yeah, I'm always scared that somebody else lives in my house with me. Yeah, wasn't that like a few years ago there was like some lady that was living living? Yeah, like in a couple's house. Yeah. And they kept noticing like food and shit is missing. Yeah. So they put up a camera and like pointing towards your kitchen and like towards the front door, I think. Towards the front door? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's how this house was set up. And yeah, in the middle of it was just this closet. Was it a closet? I thought it was, it was like, like a cupboard pantry. One of those big old hanging cupboard things. She was like slipped down through some way. Oh, I was thinking it was a pantry, but... Oh, it might have been. Yeah. But yeah, this lady like crawls down, goes into the kitchen, steals some food and... Goes back up. Goes back up. Yeah, it's really creepy stuff. Like, oh, it's been a long time. But I did watch part of the footage they had on yeah. it. Yeah. It was just like 3 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. It's like pitch black kitchen. And this door just opens. And this lady comes out, rummages through for food, and yeah. just goes back up the cupboard. Yeah, it's fucking terrifying. I honestly think they're damn lucky she didn't see the camera. You she think she would have She could have gone ballistic, yeah. Think so? I mean, once... I mean, yeah, she's made it a point not to be seen, but once you... Once you're found out, I think... Some people would resort to that violence. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. He just saw it in this case. Yeah. Spider-Man did. Spider-Man <laughs> killed a man. 
killed the guy. But yeah, that would have been. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know. I wouldn't know. Yeah, that's why I live in an apartment building. So whoever does that kind of stuff has different tenants to terrorize than me. Yeah. They don't want to live in my place. It'd be too much for them. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. That's why I keep a little house, little food in the house. They're little gonna, food in the house? They're going to starve <laughs> if I starve. <laughs> if I'm going to starve, I'm taking you with me. Yep. If you don't like dog food, you're fucking starving. <laughs> Pity to be the poor man who has to stink in her house just to not to freeze to death in winter. <laughs> you just lock the door. And you're like, you're mine now. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, you just have a pair of handcuffs. Like, hey, bud. <laughs> oh my god, you're like standing there, like arms crossed in front of you, kind of weird psycho thing, swinging it in your hands. Yep. <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> Why don't you do us both a favor and give him these cuffs? Yeah. <laughs> Arresting you? Oh, I'm not arresting <laughs> yeah. you. Cops will not be involved, trust me. It's like a nightmare scenario for the nightmare person. Yeah. <laughs> the home invaders, be aware. Don't break into our houses. <laughs> they try to call 911. I just go grab the phone like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Isn't that my job? <laughs> <Yeah>. Bam! <laughs> it's like the, the, the one video. Oh no, call an ambulance. But not for me. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. Oh shit, that's funny. Tie them up. And they think you're going to torture them to death. With like a gun or a knife. But you just put them through hour after hour of like... Dumb impressions and jokes. <laughs> yep. It's like, you're going to sit through this. <laughs> you're going to tell me how my stand-up is. <laughs> One roommate to another. <laughs> yeah. Make him sit in front of the TV and watch a movie with you. Like, <laughs> isn't that funny? <laughs> Just slap him up every so often. He's like yeah. flinching at you. <laughs> please just let me go. I'll die outside, please. <laughs> I won't tell the police how I know you won't. <laughs> I won't let you, Ruby. <laughs> oh, man. These winter nights are getting long and lonely. <laughs> <laughs> Just start doing the finger spider walk on him. Yep. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, you obviously don't have a place to go. <laughs> That would be a nightmare. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be great. Greatly horrible for the guy going through that. <laughs> yeah, for the guy that tries to rob me. <laughs> no, it's gotta be like this case. You just need someplace warm. They're not even trying to rob you. Yeah. <laughs> you have to go through some kind of forced seduction. <laughs> Ooh, bad. Bad, yeah. bad, bad. Anyway, yeah. 
Be wary of home invaders. Yeah. Or just go full psycho on them either way. Yeah, or if you're going to be a home invader, be wary of the person living in the house. (laughs) (laughs) At the end of the day, our lesson to you all is be scared of everyone. Yeah. No shit. That's what we're here for. Yep. Well, should we get to the fact? Factoids? Factoronies? So, being a little consistent here, mine's about break-ins. Nice. Did you know that break-ins don't happen at night? Don't usually happen at night like movies have them? Hmm. Most break-ins occur between the hours of 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Yeah, that makes sense. Because, you know, they think people aren't home. They're at work. And break-ins usually last around 10 minutes. Hmm. Now, under my facts, so you know how people, like, see stars? Sea stars? Yeah, like in the cartoons, they're flying around their head. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that's actually real. Is it really? Yeah, it's called uh, photopsia. Photopsia? It's like pressure on your eyes. Oh. It causes you, like, sometimes when you cough. Like, sometimes when I cough, I see it. Oh, do you? Yeah, like, it's just a bunch of, like, white lights going. Huh. Yeah. No, I've never had that. I've always had uh, the little squiggly things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I get those all the time. Me too. Like, I... Every time I, like, focus on it, I see them every fucking second of the day. Yeah. Like, they're always there. Like, one or two or, like, three. Yeah. You ever make it move? I do. When I turn my eyes, they just it, go. Yeah, it kind of like, just, like, floats along. And then you look this way and it floats the other way. <laughs> I always see the, like, long, spirally kind of ones. Yep. Those are the ones that, like, float slowly. Yeah. But then you got, like, blobs, like, every time you look away, they're, Oh, yeah, no, mine are always the long ones. Oh. Usually, like, they're almost like in a bow, and then the far, the more you play around with them, the longer, the more untied they get. Yeah. I haven't done that. I just, you know, just see them in those shapes. Oh. I mean, I guess, I guess when they do move a little bit, they do change. Yeah. A tiny bit. They don't really do too much. Uh-oh. In my eye. In my eyes. <laughs> in my eyes. <laughs> you know, I actually don't remember what that's called. There's actually a name for that, though. Yeah, I don't know what it is, though, either. Floaters. Floaters? Hmm. Okay. Not good enough. Which, Bro. It says floaters are usually harmless. But you should seek immediate attention for an eye health professional, or from an eye health professional, with the onset of new floaters. New floaters? Yeah. What is new floaters? <laughs> I wonder if, like, people, like, have them in their eyes all the time, or? Well, I have them in my eyes all the time. Oh, yeah, no, mine come and go. I get them, like, all the time. I mean, if I don't focus on them. Then I don't see them, I guess. But if I, like, think about it, they do appear. Yeah, no, mine are... Mine just, like, come and go randomly. Hmm. Mine are usually there for, like, a minute or so. Weird. Yeah. Yeah, if I'm, like, focusing on it, it'll happen all day, every day. Hmm. But I don't focus on it, so it's like... Yeah. I don't think about it, it never fucking happens. You know, mine are random. Like, every once in a while, like, all of a sudden, I'll just see a flutter. I'm like, hey. 
How you doing, bud? <laughs> want to play a game? <laughs> you want to move in with me? <laughs> yeah. I invader. <laughs> Clock yourself in the eye. <laughs> Kevin, what are you doing? I'm saving my eye. There's some floaters in here. <laughs> if you're not careful, they'll get you too. Yep. Is that a floater I see in your eye? As you're steadily bleeding through yours. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, there we are. Home invaders and floaters. Yep. Oh, we're getting better every day. Yeah. Well, don't forget to follow us on social media. Always do. Instagram. X. X. Twitter. Now you call it fucking Twitter. You piece of shit. <laughs> I have to be. Not counterintuitive. What the fuck am I thinking? I think it's counterintuitive. Counterintuitive? I think so. I have to be counterintuitive in everything I do. Otherwise, who am I? Yeah. And if you click on our link tree on each of those social medias, there are links to the podcast, our other social medias, and then there's a contact button if you want to hit us up. Yep. Oh, hit us up. Do it. Yep. Email us. Link tree or drunkenoutsiders at gmail.com. Yep. That's us. That is us, yeah. to be fair. Well, ready for another beer? Let's go get another beer. Yeah. Look for home and